Hi, I am Jennifer Purcell, and welcome to my podcast, Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, where we will discuss, discover, and learn more about the challenges and triumphs of those with NLD and other learning challenges. I do have a website for this podcast, and it is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter account for the podcast. They are all under the same name, which is Living with NLD. I also have a YouTube channel for the podcast, which can be found by Googling the title of the podcast, which is Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge. I would like to tell you about a nonprofit that I use for my research for this podcast. It is called the NBLD Project, and I use their blog for my research. They are a nonprofit that is based in New York and is trying to get NVLD back on the DSM, and they provide many resources for people with NVLD on their website. I'll provide you with the website for them in the podcast description. All proceeds from the ads on this podcast will be donated towards the NVLD project. Please feel free to explore the other topics on the podcast, and hopefully you will learn something new from them. I hope you enjoyed today's episodes. I also want to mention to you that I just launched my podcast swag on Wednesday of this week and have a page for it on my website. And I will also send you the link to it in the podcast description. And I will also send it to you in the newsletter that I usually send on out on Fridays. I am now selling t-shirts, water bottles, and a backpack, and they all have the podcast logo and title on it and the tagline. So I am looking forward to watching the sales and seeing who buys them and um, spreading the word more about my podcast. And today I am very excited to announce that BetterHelp is now sponsoring this podcast. I have had seven years of therapy, so I know it can help change your life if you not only let it, but work on the personal goals that you set with your therapist. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are 
the greatest asset. And special offering to listeners of Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash I'll put in the link in the podcast description for you. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-E-P. Thanks again to BetterHelp for supporting, I mean, sponsoring this podcast. Good morning, and I hope you are enjoying the new podcasts that I created, which again, if you haven't heard of them, one of them is called Chiro, Be Your Own Hero, and that one was about heroism and inspiring yourself to be your own hero in your life instead of trying to look for others to be your hero or mentors. And then the second one is called Think Out for Your Imagination. And that one is about the imagination I had when I was growing up and how I imagined that I could fold up my house into pocket size and take it with me wherever I wanted. And then the next one is Chats, Barks, and Growls, composed with your pet. That one is probably the most fun one because I get to do my voice. And I get to do Truffle's voice. And just, you know, uh, tell you what I think dogs think throughout the day and um, what they think about their owners. So that that one's fun for me. Fun for me. Yes, I know it's Saturday and I usually do my podcasts on Fridays, but um, I, um, as you know, have been having some personal things um, that I've been going through and working with. So um, I decided to do my podcast um, today instead of uh, yesterday. So um, I hope you're okay with that. And um, I might need to take a little bit of a break because I'm still working on um, some podcast scripts. So um, if you don't hear from me from a while, for a while, that would be why. Um, but today's episode is a interview uh, with Aline. She's one of the NVLD Project Social Ambassadors. And um, she is from Connecticut and she is 35 and she went to Curry College um, and Dean College. And um, she's a writer. Um, she loves helping others understand how they can achieve all goals and dreams through hard work and dedication. Um, and she says on her bio for being an ambassador, she says, yes, it will be harder, but you will be a stronger person and, and gain incredible role models like I have. I am so proud of my college degree and running experience and love helping others and have these experiences too. That is why I'm involved with NVLD Project and grateful to be an ambassador. So, um... I'll include the link to her bio uh, if you want to read more about it and her blogs that are on there as well. And um, 
her interview will be in three parts, um, since it was a pretty long interview and, um, something else that I wanted to share with you guys that I thought was some pretty big news that I found out, um, from the NVLD project was that there is a, uh, private university, uh, I believe it's a Jewish university in, um, New York, I'm probably won't pronounce it right correctly, but I think it's Yeshiva, um, Y-E-S-H-I-V-A, and it's the first to open a specialty clinic focused on addressing nonverbal learning disability, funded by the lead donor of the NBLD project, Dr. Laura Lemmy. And I just wanted to mention that because that is, um, I think that's some pretty big news. And I think that will be um, a good thing to be able to have that uh, clinic at the university and in New York and be able to have a way to help people with NLD um, have more help in college and be able to hopefully have more clinics um, in the U.S. Uh, like that one and um, eventually around the world. I mean, that's how you start the ripple effect. And I wanted to share that with you guys. I know I posted about it on my Instagram and my Facebook page, but I thought I'd share it on the podcast as well. Um, so I hope that you guys um, are doing well and that you um, will be led with wanting more if I take a little bit of a break. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Good morning. Good afternoon. Um, I'm here with Aline, and she is going to start by introducing herself and telling us a little bit about how she deals with having NLD. Uh, my name is Eileen. I, like most people, NLD, I face up and downs. I think the hardest thing about NLD is just tends to be so much still years later. I've been out of high school since 2004. Like there still is a lot of confusion. And one of the things, one of my most difficult things that I face was being an inclusion athlete. And it's no following my own for my coaches. I, Penny Shell and Jim Adams and Diane Janelle, my coaches were the three best inclusion coaches. But sometimes the officials, they went that emphatic because for simple things, like time requirement. Most kids in our section qualify, but my coach was adamant that there was an event open for me to run and because I came to practice every day. And her and Penny's philosophy was so what? Like the worst that's gonna happen is we leave the meet at 4.30 rather than 4.25. Mm. But unfortunately, 
not like in all situations, not every official was on board and not every coach loved him. Thankfully, many did. And I think people with NLD face situations like that, wherever they are, either it's on the job or you might misunderstand miscommunication because they can't, they're not accommodating enough to give it to you verbally. Or in the classroom, you could be in a low-level course, but be a smart kid because of your slow processing speed. And mm -hmm. teachers miss that. And I know I'm one of the lucky ones because my mom was a special education teacher and on the original inclusion team. So she, so she stayed current to everything in special ed that was changing, like the change of like, maybe not everyone's autistic, Maybe people have NLD, or maybe there's more more disabilities rather than dysgraphia. Like she was involved in all, and honestly, many people loved her, like my coaches and some of my teachers. But I, I like anything in special ed, she was also people's worst nightmares. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense to me. Uh, if you feel comfortable sharing, uh, where are you from and do you, uh, where do you work? I am from, I am from Augensburg, New York. Mm -hmm. And right now I do most, all my work right now is mostly with the NLD project, but I've had work at youth organizations mm -hmm. and such as boys and girls clubs and after school programs and each situation I have kind, of, I kind of been like an advocate for someone who's misunderstood like I'm all, like I know there's no doubt in my mind that autism is real, but I do not, from growing up and the work, the wonderful experience I had from many teachers and the coaches I just mentioned, I think some of those, some of those kids are misdiagnosed and they're missing out on appropriate accommodations or perhaps they're not achieving as much because in a more intensive autistic program and in some cases they maybe shouldn't totally necessarily be there yeah I can understand that I I used to work with um people on the um autism spectrum and I I definitely was able to empathize with them because I I know what it's like not to um have a normal brain and be able to um you know, live with the um, learning disability or challenge. And um, it, like you were saying, it, it, so if you, some people can empathize it with it better than others. Um, since you mentioned uh, then VLD project, I was gonna ask you what made you choose to be an ambassador for them? I, I mean, I ended up choosing to be an ambassador because number one, they always comment on my pieces that I, I have a niche for them because um, a lot of this is active and that you never can know with research, but many like inclusion websites continue to say only one to 3% kids with disabilities like NLD and autism are full inclusion athletes. 
And what Philocrusion athletes mean, like they don't necessarily get to compete in every single game because mm. that's not every teammate in general. Mm-hmm. But what they mean is they give they have equal opportunities to to participate and to be part of be part of the team. And most of the time, many of these kids are involved in sports like cross country and track and field or swimming or horseback riding because it's not it's the team's very important don't get me wrong and it always is but in those sports individual effort and gaining better sportsmanship are such like key components and my penny Cheryl and jim adams and diane journal especially penny and diane because they coached me until seventh grade i didn't join the cross country team until 10th grade because I wasn't ready to give up swimming mm-hmm. because a lot of my friends were in it. By the time Noah, I came to varsity, I knew I could be on the team, but I couldn't be really included because we had a top team and swimming, you can only have like a couple people at a time. It's not like track for certain races. They can, they can add extra heat, especially for a distance race where you don't have to stay in the same lane anyway. So the track right. lane eight, eight lanes, they can add two extra people. That's sort of how I stayed and continued to be a runner in the course cross country. Everyone does the same. So in reality, like there's no competition as mm-hmm. long as as long as you're kind and dedicated and care about the people that you're running against and more importantly, your teammates that are respectful to the officials, that's all that really matters because people are just happy that you can run five miles weekly. And then our practices, you're running six to eight, sometimes higher because three miles needs to seem like running one time around the chat. And I was just, and I, as I said, I came from Morgansburg, and it's a very small, it's a very small town, very real. I wouldn't say very small. And one of the advantages is many of the people with any disability, many of the people with blue, with blue collar, and the parents would shift work. Many worked at the prisons or at restaurants. So inclusion in sports or in other, in other, for that matter, in other school activities, there wasn't like a huge interest. Like they wanted mm. more, but the parents really couldn't support it. Like it takes, you can't just show up. You have to make it work. So for me, like Penny and Diane and Jim could really give me the individual of attention. And my parents were teachers, so they were home after school. And kind of, and my mom was a runner and still is. So like they were able to, it's like, this is some extra workouts that you can do with Eileen at night. It doesn't have to be like, ah, well, she's already had practice, but like an extra 15, 20 minutes, because it's just like a kid with a being disability. Many of them would re- receive two and restriction after school, especially in the beginning years. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to a little bit with the work with NBLD project, uh, I know that you, they, uh, have you write blogs cause I am also an ambassador. Um, 
do you want to share uh, a little bit about what you thought was like the hardest blog topic you picked? Um, the hardest blog topic I picked was actually the need. Um, it was probably the need to make changes to inclusion because right now inclusions inclusion inclusions a wonderful thing no mm -hmm. doubt about it but I think having a mom in special ed and reading other articles and being able to talk to other parents by being part of the project and looking at community organizations before there hasn't been like someone that ha many places haven't found a place to make it more than it is. Like it used to be like when inclusion first, first started, that kind of meant for kids with intellectual disabilities or people with more severe autism. But now, but now inclusion and how things are changing is pretty much, it's not all just like disability, it's pretty much acceptance and grow in all areas. And one of the things that I, I saw growing up in Augensburg was many social teachers did not encourage the kids to go after a, a challenge. What I mean by that mm. is join a sports team like I did, like I did three students, or take an extra math course, mm -hmm. or take a higher level biology course rather than taking practical bio, just to see if you could test, could test your limits. And mm -hmm. my mom like was involved and agreed and ended up choosing that. But by the time I got to 11th grade for extra math course, I was one of the two LD kids in the class. Everyone else had decided to do the vocational route, which mm -hmm. is fine, which is more than fine. Every role, Every, every path is what, what makes sense for them. But there were a few students that if, a little, if they were a little more creative and inclusion, they could do more. Mm -hmm. And like, and I, like when I was going to school, many people were jealous, became jealous, other research from teachers became jealous of me. And as a ninth grader, I hated that because everyone's changing you know, NLD kid, like regular kids don't necessarily want to be here anymore, but the special ed teachers, special ed kids who in theory were adults say you're supposed to be, not that I agree with it, are, telling, are thinking like you're better than them, kind of hurt. But, but by like 11th grade, I realized, I understood why they felt that way because like my mom had to sign up, my mom had to say, this is what she's doing. Like we don't, I, we never like we're not listening to a IEP team. It's just my mom had a different philosophy, a different philosophy that for certain kids inclusion could be more. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, what makes it difficult is playing it safe, doing the vocational route, keeping things more on the quiet side, not not getting involved in school activities. For many students that works. Like you can't just drop a student, every student in a more challenging route. Like one size doesn't fit all. Like the, so right. when you buy it, you have to be careful. Like what we have works, like it works really well 
but there were a few kids that could be doing more too. Mm -hmm. And another difficult one was probably the physical education one because I found it to be really real. I was lucky that my honey show, my track coach was also my gym teacher. And I knew in her before, like we had, being a small school, we had the same gym teacher from 6th to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. My mom was always involved in running. And so, like, she knew it. But, like, every, every support I got, like, a change of activities, a help open up my gym locker because of my FIMOA skills came from my mom, came from my mom calling her because the special, like, the special ed department like didn't think that gym was, gyms are special and we don't need to give services. Services are for academics for people with learning disabilities, which is true, but my learning disability also caused more issues. And we also forget too that in many states, at least 40 out of 50, gym is a required course. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not special. And specials, even though the teachers should give you accommodations, they don't have to because it's extra. And that's what people, and that's what that's what many educators still, that's what they forget because we think physical education is a time to have fun. And it is, but a student, a someone with ghost most girls may have a hard time cross-country skiing and as a placement should be in swimming instead was more relaxed, more on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I also do running and I do um, skiing, uh, downhill skiing. And um, mm-hmm. I can relate to you where it, it definitely, even though I enjoy those sports, it's mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was hard for me to... Um, learn how to do them because of MLD and trying to improve at them um, is, is still challenging. Um, do you know, uh, I mean, do you remember when you were diagnosed with MLD? I remember when I was diagnosed with MLD because it was something that my, at the time I was CSC chair was young and I'm not putting her down. She didn't agree with the new trend. And so like my, I was initial for years, I was classified as other health impaired because I also had a childhood seizure disorder, mm-hmm. but I was entering high school. My mom wanted to have something more connected to learning disabilities. So I could get like a extended time for ACT, just all that extra stuff that you can get if you have yeah. other health impairment, but the process is so much quicker. Mm-hmm. And so it could took, like my mom, after after a while, I, my mom finally said, well, I guess we have to go to our district and the district is going to have to pay. And at that time, the CSC chair had, was about to leave and said, but why don't you think she has autism? And, my mom said, I don't because she doesn't have the meltdown. She has more in the minor things. She definitely has social issues, but the social issues at autism and NLD are actually kind of differently. And, mm-hmm. kind of, and then the coach, Diane, who I mentioned, she wasn't my research teacher. She was at the high school and transitioning out to a different department. 
but she was a special education teacher. And my mom kind of called her and said, hey, I don't want, sometimes you have a belief, it's hard to see it and it's happening in your own child. Like, what do you think? Do you think it's autism or more NLD or not a learning disability? And she said, I, I, I definitely think it's a learning disability because she runs forever about I tell her to do. When there's a change to the meat, she doesn't have she doesn't have a meltdown. Well, if there's any type of change for that matter, and she listens to me and Penny no matter what. And for many kids, not to say that you can't do that autism at the right in, right in the intervention, but for many eighth graders and ninth graders who have, who would have autism. They, the, doing all those things would still be a struggle. And right. That's when Diane was like with my mom, like you're right, you need to dig deeper. Like there's something, there's something out. Mm -hmm. Just keep other health impairment for now until you find a direct answer. And hopefully by, by like it comes for extended time for SATs, like everything will be in place and you have no problem getting accommodations. So I didn't get diagnosed until like my junior or senior year though. But I always had like learning issues. They just never really knew. They never really knew what it was for years. They just thought it was a, a severe form of epilepsy that caused learning issues. But then again, they mm -hmm. never really had the seizures. Like I had seizures for years, but I never had the type of seizures that are usually connected to that. So answers never really added up like there was a lot of similarities for everything but like it was never really a perfect match until we went to the neuropsych and said it's definitely NLD but caused by seizure disorder it's not like the tradition like a tradition it's a more severe type of NLD like not academically but like morally that that definitely makes sense to me um for me, um, I was diagnosed when I was in college. Um, I was homeschooled before college, so I didn't really have the, I didn't really have teachers like you would in a normal school. Um, my parents were my teachers until um, high mm -hmm. school when they had online teachers because um, it was an online charter school that I was uh, in and I mean, I did have testing done when I was, uh, I think in grade school, but it, there wasn't enough results from it to sway me one way or the other for the mm. diagnosis. Um, mm -hmm. and then when I got into high school, um, I was comparing myself to my brother and just seeing how things were easier for him compared to me, like for me and maybe you have some of these challenges as well. I really struggled with math and writing. Um, it was hard for me to be able to uh, do mental math and be able to, to uh, write it, even just a paragraph. Um, do, do you have challenge or did you have challenges with math? I was really good at algebra just because I could practice that. But I, geometry was nearly impossible. And me, like I wasn't, a, I never call my great, myself a great writer. But for me, I think 
I was, it was more the physical act of writing that was hard for me. So mm. before computers, I would know what I would want to say in the class, but I couldn't get, I wrote too slow or the teacher couldn't read it. Mm. And then like computers came along and it was so hot because of the process of speed, but at least like the thoughts I did get down, now the teachers could read it. Yeah. That, but that, terms, go, go ahead. And then, but, but like, if I was with a scribe, I wouldn't say that, like, it was weird. Like, I was a very good writer, but it was also difficult at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me because um, I had challenges with the physical aspect of writing as well. In fact, I don't remember this, but my parents told me that um, when I was learning how to write, they had to get me bigger pencils, like, uh, yeah ones that were bigger in diameter because uh, I couldn't hold the small ones very easily. Um, mm -hmm. And that does make sense to me because of the fine motor skills with or challenges with NLB. Um, and I, I don't do it anymore, but I used to write really big mm -hmm. uh, and it's still pretty big compared to how people usually write. Um, and sometimes I couldn't even read it, but I got, I was able to make it more legible and uh, smaller because like when I was doing the SATs or ACTs, you had to be able to have other people to read it. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember when I was doing those, my hands got so tired from holding the pencil for so long. Mm -hmm. um, I know, also, some other challenges that people with NLD usually have um, are with visual spatial, like with driving or directions or trying to read maps. Uh, do you experience that? I do. Like, like for example, when I read and I ran cross country, though sometimes what the courses caused way too many visuals for me to navigate it correctly. Mm -hmm. And because I was already slower, like they really couldn't wait for me. And and at the time, I remember being frustrated. But but I give credit to my, Jim, my coach, and Diane, the assistant coach, and another other coaches involved. But my advice for that today is there's so many more support programs now that say at a place like Syracuse University that has the best inclusion center, there might be a grant that they can hire, like not like to cost to finish the line with you, because I understand that's uncomfortable. You can most certainly run, but me, but maybe to have someone like kind of like run a little ahead of you so you can see where they're going to navigate mm. the course correctly. Or now, or like just have a come have an accommodation, like something even smaller, like every course needs to be marked for, we have someone with visual spatial disability. And because, because this is new, like I was the first athlete on both teams with a disability that just didn't cause learning issues. And I'm not, I'm not putting it down, but I think now that we know more about different types of disabilities, that learning disabilities, can take case can take place more in the class outside of the classroom that like there are there will be there can be ways 
to it to be better. And the school mm-hmm. district, by law, do need to have it met. Yeah. Just if the sport doesn't have a cut policy and they're doing the workout, school districts by law have have a requirement to provide accommodations. Like it doesn't need to be as specific as like someone running so you know in the course. There are other ways to market like a duct tape or spray paint just around some people. And that was probably in no fault of our own. Like we live and learn and you go up. But years later, like my mom and Jim and I sort of talk about that we didn't quite understand that I would need a few combinations before it was too late because at practice I was always running because I knew I knew my way around town. And I knew like obviously on the track you can't get lost. Right. So going to but then like once the meet started, it was what we laugh about it now, but like if we had if we had known more if I had I I should have and I hope today's athletes do too receive appropriate accommodations because now the ADA is having and many, many colleges have inclusion centers and grants. Like there's no reason for a kid to have to drop out like I used to on an occasion. On the track, on the track, it wasn't an issue. It was just understood like because of my spatials and my balance, I couldn't do events like high jump long jump, triple jump, or hurdles, mm-hmm. but that's okay, because that was only four hours, like, the 30 events, I, and my coach accepted that. She had, other, you fill out the lineup that works the best for you, like, and, like, if we're at, like, away meet, she always made sure, like, in the beginning, like, eventually, that I went to the, like, at a new school, I went to, like, as a freshman and a sophomore, I went to the bathroom of an upperclassman just in case, like, you never know how schools are designed, but, like, again, like, you figure it, it's not like a course. It might take you a few extra seconds to find it, but, like, she took care of that. So, like, I knew, I always knew where to go, and then by junior year, I was able to do it on my own because schools are not that big, especially in upstate New York. It, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't like being on a cross-country trail. Everything was confusing. and It's hard because of the number of trees. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I know for myself, um, I have the visual spatial challenges I have are with um, not so much with sports, but I mean, a little bit with in terms of trying to um, estimate distances and be able to um, like uh, know how far away I am from another object. Um, yeah. So that makes driving a little challenging for me. I know some people with NLD can't drive because of the visual. Yeah, spatial. I can't, I can't drive. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I can definitely understand that because for me, even though I can drive it, um, it was challenging for me to learn and um, I've had some accidents that haven't been serious, but um, just f- fender benders, but that was because of the visual spatial for me. And um, it, I mean, it definitely taught me to be more uh, cautious with driving and try to be um, 
a little bit slower with uh, turning or whatever um, I was doing and driving. Um, and um, for me, I, I also process things slowly. So that makes, excuse me, driving a little challenging to be able to have faster reflexes and try. And today I am very excited to announce that BetterHelp is now sponsoring this podcast. I have had seven years of therapy, so I know it can help change your life if you not only let it, but work on the personal goals that you set with your therapist. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are the greatest asset. And special offering to listeners of Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com. I'll put in the link in the podcast description for you. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-E-P. Thanks again to BetterHelp for supporting, I mean, sponsoring this podcast. As I wrap up, there are some things I would like to share with you. I do have a website for this podcast. It is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook and Instagram page for this podcast. It is called Living with NLD. I will include the links for those in the description. In conclusion, I would like to hear from my audience. If you know individuals with NLD that I could interview for this podcast, please email me at livingwithnld@gmail.com. What are you interested in learning about NLD? I know I'm not an expert, but I do know I have the living experience of having it. I would like you to practice journaling about your gifts and differences. Also see if there is a way that you can make that difference become easier for you to do than originally it was. Thank you for listening today and please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Thank you. Bye.